Welcome to the Chicago Association of Realtors Young Professionals Podcast, where leaders from our Young Professionals Network talk real estate and break down business building with local experts. Hey, what's going on, everybody? And welcome to the YPN Thrive Podcast. I'm Jordan Pyle, and I'm super excited to have our guest with us today, Mr. Matt Plummer. How are you, Matt? Hey, what's up, Jordan? Not too much, man. It's always good to, to chat with you, take some time to soak in some of the stuff and the knowledge that you have in your brain. So today we're going to be focused on, you know, for, for the listeners here, we're going to be focused on basically financial education for, for realtors. So Matt has been able to build a career where, you know, he does sell real estate, but he has made more most of his career around, you know, the money habits for realtors and making sure that realtors are not only, you know, making a lot of good money um, and they're bringing in income, but that they're doing the right things with their money once they're making it. So something that I actually hired Matt back in the beginning of 2020 um, to help me with my finances, you know, I was doing pretty well in my career. Um, however, I didn't have a grip on a strategy around my money. So long story short, that was about 18 to 20 months ago. Matt and I are now great friends and he's helped me tremendously, um, get, you know, kind of a grip and a strategy around my money. So I'm forever indebted and grateful for you. And I know that this information is stuff that so many other people also need to hear. So that's why I was passionate about getting you on the podcast today. So Matt, maybe you could just, you know, open up the first couple minutes here and, you know, tell our listeners who you are and where you're from and ultimately maybe what led you down this path of not only becoming a coach, but be- becoming a coach for helping realtors. Yeah, for sure, man. 18 months, bro. That's, uh, it's been a, I bet I, I would put it at, I mean, have we probably, we probably have done this a hundred times. Yeah. I bet we've had a hundred conversations. That's awesome. Um, and one, just a testament to you, Jordan, on your commitment, your desire, your vulnerability um, to lean into something that just, unfortunately, most real estate agents aren't willing to pull their head out of the sand or just go down that pain road long enough to even realize what they don't know and um, how simple, right? It's not easy, but simple it can be to just flip the script. So, um, yeah, so uh, I've been a licensed agent for about four and a half years. I've been an entrepreneur for the better path, better part of a decade and um, never really had an income problem. I always had a cash flow problem. And, um, and up until even into real estate, I had a cash flow problem. And, and so uh, one of the things that led me to real estate was um, our journey, my wife and I's journey of um, going through and paying off our debt. Um, you know, just a quick backstory. I, you know, 10 years ago, nine years ago, um, I was 300 pounds. I was an alcoholic. I was addictive sports gambler and we were a half a million dollars in debt. And, um, through some, some small changes that compounded over time was able to quit drinking, was able to lose a hundred pounds. Uh, and if you're listening to this, you can't see it, but I, I don't weigh 300 pounds anymore. Um, and so, but all of that, after I've unpacked all of that stuff, all that stuff I was carrying around, it then realized, I, I then became aware, and we'll talk about awareness today, I was then became aware that we were a half a million dollars in debt and went on a similar journey to over the course of 40 months to eliminate every single um, dollar that we owed to the bank. So, um, so that led me to real estate because I wanted to go build a new business. I wanted to go build a machine of, that had a widget that I could sell a big dollar amount with a big ticket price and go build something new. 
And uh, I quickly realized that the buyer and seller was not going to be my client inside of the real estate space. Um, in the in, inside of the office I was in, I was constantly hearing real estate agents having conversations around money, and it generally was stressful. Selling real estate this month to pay last year's taxes. Um, trying to figure out how to get another deal under closing so they could make it the next month. And um, I just used, and, and that was when my light bulb epiphany happens that the person that I was going to be able to serve most inside of the real estate space was going to be the real estate agent. Yeah. No, it's interesting. And you talked about awareness and, you know, obviously seeing that, that track record of success for somebody like myself who was coming into your world and not really knowing it, um, you know, that obviously helped me understand, okay, he made it from here to there. It's possible. Right. But I think a lot of times you just don't have the awareness. So, um, thank you to somebody special in both of our lives who introduced the two of us. I didn't know what I didn't know, but I just remember thinking back at this point and, you know, from the exterior, you know, looking into, you know, what I had created in my career and, you know, from the exterior looking in, it looked great. Uh, but from the interior looking out, you know, there, you knew there was a lot of, a lot of room for improvement specifically with my financials. So, you know, I was like, okay, well, you know, we made the connection on Facebook. I was like, what's the worst that can happen if I take a call with, with this guy, Matt. Right. And then that very first phone call, you know, it kind of led into like how much I didn't know what was going on with my money. Right. And, and it was just an, it was an awareness thing. You know, I think also it was part of me just trying to push it off into some place where eventually it'll figure itself out. And you just quickly realize that that doesn't happen. So where I want to go with this is, you know, when you typically start working with agents, you know, it's really zone in on the financials here. Um, you know, what is typically that first conversation look like and what would be some of the first immediate things that you recommend for realtors to do with their money to put a better strategy in place? That's, yeah, it's um, a lot there. So I have the unique perspective of um, a few things. One, um, the biggest gift I've been given um, over the last two and a half, three years of working with real estate agents is a gift of perspective. Working with agents from that do 12 transactions a year and agents that do 200, right? And there's a lot in between. Um, however, the other perspective, the other gift I have is I've gone through significant transformations. I've gone through a hundred pound weight loss, sobriety, um, quit smoking, quit gambling, um, my faith in Jesus, my spiritual transformation over this last half decade. And then obviously the financial, um, not only paying off the debt, but completely slingshotting forth, uh, forward in net worth and cash flow and building true businesses that, um, you know, that are sellable and, and stuff like that. So, you know, the first, the thing that I've come up with, with when it comes to a transformation, right, those transformations is three steps. It's awareness, decision, and intentionality. And for everyone, you have to have that awareness. You know, my coach and a few other people, and I don't know who came up with it, but, you know, awareness does 50% of the heavy lifting. It's transformational in itself. So if in that first discovery call, or if you're just listening to this and we never talk again ever, is just become aware of the facts. Because the facts are truth and the truth will set you free. And all the facts are just an accumulation of every choice and decision you've made up until today. So I want you to just be honest with yourself and maybe for the first time, be honest with yourself and say, this is how much cash I have. This is what my pipeline looks like for the next 60 to 90 days. 
These are what my uh, current monthly expenses are for business and personal. And here's how much debt I have of balances, right? And also know what that number is on a monthly basis, right? And so when you can just figure out the facts, now some of that is going to be hard to look at and say, I eat out this much, or I've spent this much in gas, or, you know, wow, I've really, you know, done X, Y, or Z, or I spent this much in clothes or on Amazon or whatever it is. But, but hey, there's no judgment at this phase, right? There's no judgment, and I don't want you to judge yourself. Nobody else is judging. Well, other people are probably judging you, but, um, but that's on them, right? That's their suffering, right? You, there's no longer to suffer, right? You just be honest with yourself um, and come up with that. And then once you have it, then that allows you to go into a few of the financial, avoid some of the financial mistakes that agents make. I'm sure we'll talk about that later today. Um, but it all starts with awareness. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think what I'm trying to, you know, get out to the, to the listeners here today is, you know, the, the, the starting out realtor who, you know, maybe doesn't, you know, have a ton of even income coming in and they want to get those founda- foundational pieces in place, right? So building the budgets and the understanding that, you know, a budget doesn't re- create, re- or the budget doesn't create restriction. It actually creates freedom. And I had to learn that, right? I wasn't even operating off a budget. Um, so I want you to kind of, you know, address that, but then maybe once you're done there, now let's talk about, the fact that most of the people you work with, it's not that they have an income problem, it's that they have some other problems. So maybe you can elaborate on that. Well, I think, um, and I'll rattle these, um, the five financial mistakes that real estate agents make, I'll rattle these off. And Jordan, if we come up with, and you want to pick one or two out, that's great. Um, I actually put it all together in an ebook um, that uh, the link to that will be in, I'm sure in the notes or, or whatnot. But I want to give that to you as here are the mistakes that agents make. Here's how to avoid them um, and how you can truly become the wealthy millionaire real estate agent. So, um, so many agents, and we're recording this. I think it'll probably go live in a month. But we're recording this in the fall of 2021, goal setting season. And the number one mistake real estate agents make is one, most real estate agents goal set. However, I believe every agent, most agents goal set improperly and all they do is they look how much they sold this year and what do they want to sell next year. And so what I encourage every real estate agent, it's the number one mistake agents make, is they don't go out far enough to look back, can go to where they want to go, turn around, look back and connect the dots and how did they get there, right? So that's the first thing you have to do inside of, um, inside of your actual goal setting. When, you, when this thing drops, I want you to go out 5, 10, 15, 20 years, where do you want to be? Turn around, look back, and how did you get there, right? Because, and I'll just use Jordan as an example. Jordan sells 40 houses this year, right? Well, how many houses do you want to sell next year? I want to sell 50. Why? Because I want to sell 20% more. But there's no idea of exactly how many houses you need to sell to get you to your target, right? So, and when you start that planning, all of the other stuff falls into track, right? All of the other things come into picture with how many houses we need to sell, how much we need to save for taxes, how much this comes over for personal money, right? So it all falls together with that. So, so that's the first mistake um, that agents make. And that's a little bit of how to avoid it, right? Um, number two is living beyond your means and living on debt, right? Living on a credit card. Um, don't, pat- don't master the path of money. 
I understand of, hey, when you close a house and you make money, right? There's that commission comes in. One, that's not your money. That's the brokerage's money. And then identifying how much that brokerage actually pays you, right? Because I think if you look at Jordan, we've, we've talked about this, right? The three things that all agents have in common is most agents don't make as much as they think. They spend more than they care to admit, and they're behind on taxes and or retirement, right? We've talked about that. So how much of the X amount of dollars of commission, just for sake, we'll use $10,000 because it's easy. How much of that that you earned as a commission actually gets to you, the agent who sold it, and, um, and understanding that path of money? That's something that you and I have worked so hard on. My coaching clients work. We work tirelessly on how to squeeze every percentage out of that amount. Yeah, Matt, and, and I want to stay on this because I, I want these listeners to take something tangible that they can go and implement today. Um, and I want to go into the profit first. I actually, before we jumped on this episode, this is kind of what we initially did. I would say in my first three to four months of working with you, we implemented Profit First. It's a book by Michael Michalowicz for, you know, you guys, I guess you're not watching this, so you're listening. Um, go look up Profit First by Michael Michalowicz. And, you know, it's all about basically how to look at your money and how to treat your money from an allocation standpoint, right? So for every dollar that comes in, how much percentage of each dollar goes into these different channels. So talk to us maybe about what those foundational channels are that every realtor should have in place um, and how to look at that in order to um, decide how much they can spend in their business or how much they can pay in rent or how much they can afford in a, you know, in a down payment for a mortgage, um, kind of how that all ties together. Well, I think it's, it's uh, before we get there, it's important to understand what most agents actually do and then where, that, where the fault is and how you make that shift, right? And, and again, most people think when they sell a 400, when they sell and make $10,000, right? And that's their money. And so the mistake mentally is they make $10,000. And it only takes three to six months for us to start creeping up our lifestyle. So if we're not used to making $20,000 a month and we go make 20, 20, 20, 20, 20 because we've had a good six-month run, by the end of that six months, we've already crept up our lifestyle to think we are always going to make $20,000 a month. So that's the mistake that agents make, right? And we all make it as humans. However, it's so easy for us to make it in the real estate space because our, our thing is so big. And I don't know if there's a industry that can make a one-time sale bigger than the real estate agent, maybe software or even obviously a bigger type of uh, purchase, right? But for the most of us, that's going to be our biggest widget, right? So when it gets to, if that's the reality that we think we make it, but what's the reality? What's That's the intention, but what really happens, right? Brokerage takes their, their number. Now it's X, right? And let's just call it you know, 8,000 bucks is what's left after the brokerage takes their money. Well, now that's how much the Jordan Pyle real estate agent made, right? Or Pyle residential. 1099 made, income, essentially. Right? Yeah. 1099 income, right? Because what, what we pay the broker is not part of our income. So now we already have a 20% gap because you thought you were going to make 10. Your brain said 10 because that's what the commission sheet said. So now the real estate company, or uh, you're, you're 1099, so how much does Jordan Pyle actually make? Because out of, that, out of that money that's left, Jordan has to get paid, the government has to get paid, and you have to run your business. 
So, and as you and I have gone back and forth and, you know, the hundreds of conversations, like the best, and I'm talking profit and compensation for doing the work, 65% at best. So we're only making 50, 60% of what we are actually selling in reality because the rest is already spoken for, right? right? We got, we have to pay the government and we have to pay our business expenses. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so what I, we, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, and the mistake that so many people make is that $10,000 number, they run everything off of that number. So they're like, okay, I got to pay my bills first. I got to pay this first. I got to pay this first. And then I go to this, right? Cause they just eat out of that one big plate. And you and I've talked about it is that, you know, if you walk through a, uh, an all you can eat buffet with the biggest plate, how much food are you going to put on it? And then how much food are you going to eat? Yeah, for sure. Right. So, yeah, so it's, those key it's accounts, that out. Yeah, those key accounts that we that we kind of built out, right? So that we know how much money we have in each of these buckets, let's call them to spend. You know, for for anyone that's listening, you know, go go figure out an income account, right? Go get the income account in, uh, in place, and that's where all of your money will flow into. Um, and then from there, you know, we broke it out into, and these percentages can be different, but at least have the buckets set up, right? And the first one yep. is your owner's comp. So as Matt's talking about, that's the money that I'm paying my personal living expenses off of, right? So that you know, for me, that, that might be 50%. For you, that might be 30 or 60, right? Uh, the other one is, what is the OPEX account? So what is actually running the business? So the operating expenses account. So you're going to have, you know, let's call it 30 to 40% going there. Um, and then from there, you're going to have your profit, which is going to be, you know, the first account you essentially guarantee that you're contributing to off of every single dollar, no matter if it's 10,000 or if it's 20 bucks, a portion of that is going to profit to ensure that. Um, and then you have, uh, lastly, the tax account, making sure that every single month you, you're contributing enough to your tax account so that you're not having a shortage when the time comes to pay them, right? So those are kind of those main accounts that we set up. What do you have to say on that? Yeah, I would just say, you know, in order of in, in order of priority, right? I think it's, it's important to make sure, and this is where Parkinson's law comes in, this is where we just start eating off smaller plates. You and I are into health and fitness. However, if you wanted to lose weight, you don't have to change what you're eating, just change your portion size. It's the first place that you could lose weight. So the first place that you can win in your money is change the portion size of the account of the amount of money that's in each account for what it's what it's addressed to do, right? So have one account that receives all of your money. It's called an income account. And then from there, who gets paid first? The business owner. It's called profit. So take the profit off the top. You and I have gone through your profit and loss, and what's the very first thing that you look at when you get your profit and loss statement, right? We scroll straight to the bottom, look at the bottom right, and say, how much is that amount? Now, a year and a half ago, that number was not the same number that was in your bank account. Yeah, definitely not. (laughs) Right? So it's like, hey, my net net profit is this. Where's the money? Exactly. Right? So we take that money first. We take that profit first. And then who did the work? You did the work. So now you get, and then we pay the government and then the business is forced to work on or eat on what's left, which now we are working on less money to generate more sales, which is going to end up ultimately going to net you more money. Right. Well, and the beauty of that too, is now that you know how much you need to run the business, you know, 
it's not what you thought it was. It's probably double the amount of, let's say, top line revenue that you have to bring in in order to exceed that threshold. So, you know, time and time again, for me, it came back to, you know, if you go sell three or four houses a month, you're going to have an, an adequate amount that you can save every single month on top of your personal and your business expenses. So Correct. it just, it created that clarity and that, that click, that clarity, I think empowered me to go out there and want to do more sales and to be more on top of my money more and look at it more often. Um, so what would you say maybe are some, some daily habits? habits or weekly habits that, um, you know, anybody for that matter, but realtors could get into, um, in order to, to keep their financial strategy on the right trajectory. You know, knowing your numbers and knowing your scoreboard. Um, we talk about that a lot. I talk about that with all every coaching client, every discovery call I have, yeah. you know, it's an, and it's a commitment. You have to be committed to knowing your numbers, right? You know, they don't play a football game without a scoreboard. Like, and you know, if it's first and 10, second and 14, third and six, right? You know, if you're up or down, you know how much time's left on the clock, right? It's why they play the game. It's a scoreboard. So you have to know at least every month what your net worth is, what your cash position is, where your assets are and where your liabilities are, right? That'll, that'll all equal your net worth, right? So cash I track every single account I have. I have a spreadsheet that just goes from sheet to sheet to sheet to sheet on columns of what my profit account is. What's my owner's comp account? What's my tax account? What's my OPEX account? What's my personal, my savings? Like we have all of these different accounts. I mean, we probably have a dozen checking and savings accounts. So tracking that monthly, right? You can go granular and check it weekly if you want. I do it monthly. Um, I track my net worth monthly. Eventually, I'll be tracking it weekly, right? There's nothing right now that uh, that uh, that my life revolves around that it would cause me to re- to check it all more often. Um, weekly, so that's monthly. Um, quarterly, even maybe a deeper dive, right? Just make sure you're on track. Are you on track or off track? Uh, weekly, I want you to track. Um, your, uh, that's when you do your profit first allocation. So that's when you actually transfer your money. I don't want you to transfer the money the day that it hits your bank account, right? That's reactive. I want you to be proactive, hold on, be a business owner, do everything on Friday. I want you to do everything on financial Friday. If you do your own QuickBooks and you own your own bookkeeping, do it all on Friday. And then daily, and this I know is where you made huge this is the, the, the lead domino, is I want you to track and I want you just to be aware of how much money you spend every day, right? And so I use a software called Every Dollar. It's part of Ramsey Plus uh, Software Suite. It's $130 a year. It's probably your best, it's your most valuable expense, right? Because it's giving you the instant feedback on what you planned versus what you actually did. And you can review that daily. pretty efficiently now. So every day, look at your bank account, look at your every dollar budget, make sure they're talking to each other, make sure you're not off track. And if you do that in that short little window, five to 10 minutes a day, you'll win long-term. Yeah. And it's great when you stay up on it every day too. And you know, I have days and weeks that I'm really good at it. I have a couple of weeks pass and every time where 
you know, I'm just looking at it every day. It's quick two or three minutes to, you know, look at it, make sure there's nothing in there that shouldn't be there, making sure you're aware of each expense that's coming across, across and categorizing it. Then you wait, you wait a couple of weeks and it feels like it takes you two hours to go in there and do it. So it's just more manageable to stay on top of it every day. And what's interesting is as I started getting better with my money, I was now excited to look at my accounts, right? And I was excited to see progress there where every time before it was like literally typing in my PIN number to my, my, my app and then like closing my eyes and like trying to make sure there wasn't like an overdraft, you know? So it's, it's, it's good to know when you're starting to see that progress to see it daily, right? Um, and, and I think that that also made me think when you were talking about that, you know, it's something you said over and over to me and it's, you know, just to go a little bit deeper about the, you know, fi- uh, what is it? Find the leak, fix the drip. So mm-hmm. you don't realize how many things are in there. So like what was beautiful for me was you and I started talking in 2020 in January, not knowing that a pandemic was right around the corner. So in my first, you know, few months of working with you, we went in and, you know, I was already, you know, as soon as the pandemic hit, people were like, you know, 20, 30%, you got to go find those in your budgets and you got to cut that out of your business so that you can, you can survive. Right. Because we didn't know how much, how long our money would last. Um, and I was already ahead of that going into the pandemic because we worked on that. And I think that is something. And the more I'm learning from you is just this idea of like simplicity, you know, leads to multiplication. Right. So maybe you can just talk a little bit, you know, so we can mesh this together with financials, but also like the indirect side of financials, which is like how you spend your time and your energy and how you reinvest your money to ultimately, you know, build the engine that you're looking to build. Yeah. The, um, you know, my coach calls it subtraction leads to multiplication. That's what it was. <laughs> right. <laughs> Not simplicity, um, subtraction. Well, simplicity is still the same. We're working on the simplicity stuff, right? Um, but the more that we can subtract out of our, now this is not, I don't want anyone to get this and think that it's scarcity mindset, right? I do, I teach, I, I, I have sim- very similar principles to um, a lot of the personalities out there. Uh, for example, Dave Ramsey, the mentor of mine. It's easy to go into Dave's world and Think what you what you hear him say is scarcity, cut, 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 scarcity, cut, cut. That's not what he's saying, right? He's he's saying, hey, cut out the stuff that you don't need for this specific season, right? And so when you find the leak and fix the drip, what do you need to go from point A to point B? Um, a lot of us don't need the fluff. And when we cut the fluff out, and we just get more intentional, right? Awareness, decision, intentionality. When we make the decision, it's like, hey, we're going to work with this coach. We're going to buy into his plan. We're going to be committed. Um, we're not going to use credit cards for the first 90 days. We're going to go to a cash-based system. Like when we make those decisions and then you're intentional, it'll be pretty clear to say, all right, one of these subscriptions needs to go because it just doesn't make any sense, Right. I don't think I ever in, in the hundred times that you and I've talked and the 75 of it about money and your, in your business and relation that I ever say you need to cut X out. Yeah. Right. I think it was more around the, like, can you achieve what X if you eliminate Y? And if that answer is yes, eliminate Y for 30, 60, 90 days and see how it works. Guess what? You can always add it back in. Yeah. Right. So subtraction, the less that we have to do, like I'll never forget. And still to this day, the, the least amount of stuff that I have to pay for, guess what I have more money. Yeah. 
right? The, 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 in my world now, the more white space that's on my calendar, I have more time and more freedom that now, because I've gone through these steps for the last six, seven years, and I've done it every day, every month, every quarter, it does, my income's not affected. And I have more time and more white space on my calendar to go do the things I care about, right? So, and it comes down to that intentionality. I always say, Jordan, if you want to lose weight and you want to win with money or you want to win with money and you want to win with your business, tell your stuff what to do before you go do it, right? The number one way that I've found to lose weight, calories in versus calories out, right? Well, the number one way to do that is to track your calories in. But if you go to Chick-fil-A and you crush the number one, with, and then you put it into MyFitnessPal, it's too late. You've already eaten the food, right? If you go in, you take all the meetings and all, accept all the Zooms and all the stuff, and then you go all day, it's too late. You've already, you've already spent the time. So tell your food what to do before you eat it. Tell your calendar how many appointments you're going to have. And then with your money, you don't have to go make, and I've proven this, you don't have to go make all the money to pay off all the debt. Right. Like it's magical how that's happened, how we paid off a half a million dollars and we didn't make a half a million dollars. Yeah. It's right? you're, you're directing it in a different way. Right. So I was just thinking through that as you're saying it, you're, you're, you're redirecting it because you're saying, Hey, the business or the person only needs this amount. So it's, it's basically capping you to say, okay, you're not going to just spend more money every now and then you're going to get a profit distribution where you can go and spend that money. But right now we're going to, we're going to give you what you need and everything else is going to go towards whatever the thing is that you're directing the money towards. So in the beginning of our journey, it was very much, what's the highest interest, right? What's the highest interest thing we can get rid of? Um, and we, and we started there and then we, and then we kind of got to a point where, you know, it's, you know, let's, let's build a safety net. And then now it's, let's start putting every extra dollar towards buying a house and a condo, right? So, or a building. So, you know, it just, it's amazing when you can see like, okay, now if I go out there and I bring in $30,000 a month or whatever the number is, I can put half of that into whatever the thing is that I'm looking to accomplish, whether that be a down payment or a trip that you're looking to pay for, you know, a new car for your wife or for your husband, like whatever the thing is, and maybe you might disagree on the car thing, but um, whatever it is, it, it's just, it's powerful to know what those numbers are so that you can apply it effectively. Well, and I think the order of operations is very important. Yeah. Right. And so, you know, again, I grew up in, in Dave's system, Ramsey's system that was save a thousand dollars, pay off all your debt, smallest to largest balances and, you know, beans and rice and cut everything as you can. And then don't look up until you've got that done. And then you go back and you put the cash in the bank, right? The savings account. The challenge I have with, I don't have a challenge with his system, right? Because that 100% works 100% of the time, except when we've got an inconsistent income issue and, you know, you make $20,000 one month and you can throw $15,000 at debt or you can put $15,000 into a savings account to just make sure that the next month you've got it so you got some closings. So the one thing that I flip, and, and you and I, one of the things you helped challenge me on this and I challenged you back and, and we had some great conversation around it is, I want the agent to get one to three months ahead 
of cash before we go off and pay off debt. We have to stabilize the present before we can structure the future. Now, if you, you know, if we're looking at January and you have two closings in December, four closings in December, let's say you have four closings in December, but you have nothing for January, is it more important to pay down a 15% credit card or make sure you get to February 1st? Right. You got to get to February 1st, right? Because now if I get you January and February paid, now it's March 1st, it's January 1st, but you've got enough cash in the bank for January, March, January, and February. How much lighter does that phone when you're lead generating? Right. You're just not a desperate salesperson and they're trying to get every, every listing or take every buyer. Yeah. Right. So when we can create some margin, which is mistake number four, not having emergency funds and sinking accounts, when we can create some margin in your cash and we then create margin in your calendar, it allows you to go be a business owner. Yeah. We've got cash, which is oxygen for our business. And now we have oxygen. We have space in our calendar, which is oxygen for us. So we're not back to back to back to back to back to back 24 seven and showing houses until 10 o'clock at night. So that's how that time and money relate. And we want to create some margin and then we can attack, you know, the debt um, in order of priority. Well, it's funny, just a little side note on that is the margin is it's great when you get to that point where you have the margin. And now you and I are having conversations about not getting rid of the margin, but removing the margin from my my site. Right. And and I'm talking about the hold accounts. Right. So maybe you could just elaborate on that just really quickly. Well, and I think. You know, the mistake five is, oh, it's real quick. Mistake five is not, it was waiting too long to start saving for and investing for retirement or that next thing, right? So if we have and start, we're out of debt, right? And we've got three to six months of cash sitting there, right? That's great. Do we need 12 months inside of our daily view of what we look at every single day? That will give us a false sense of security that we don't need to go take action. Right. So I want to make sure that, hey, we don't have to go spend the money. We don't have to go dump it into an investment property. We don't have to go dump it into the market. But I want to make sure you take it and you put it away at a bank that you don't see, you don't know the access to. Like you have to go down there in the cold, in the rain to get the money. Right. Because that will keep you working and then you can start storing your money and you don't see it on a daily basis. It's the realest thing, which I never realized that that would be an issue, but being able to see those padded accounts, knowing that eventually, like the tax account, for example, right? The money builds up and it's, you know, a big amount that's sitting there, but in most of that will go towards taxes. It's just, obviously it's great to be ahead of that, but to remove that from my site, it doesn't give me that, that plan B to fall back on. Well, if the account gets too short or too small, you know, I can pull a little bit over, borrow it, and then, you know, refund it later on. I was doing a lot of those types of things, right? trying to maneuver around with my money in the early parts of my career. And it just, it, it just gets you deeper and deeper. So I'm just grateful that we came into a relationship when we did, because <laughs> you take the same 18 months we've been in relationship now, and let's just say it never happened. Like, I don't even know where I'd be right now. So it's, it's super cool to, to know that, you know, this has been, you know, this has achieved what it's achieved. Well, I, I know where you would be. I mean, yeah. you sold it. Here's the thing. You would have sold the exact same amount of real estate and you'd have a fraction of the amount of money you have. And you probably wouldn't have paid off the amount of debt that you paid off. 
Right. Well, wow. we were just talking about it on our last call. Um, and it's cool. Not This is not the two my horn. It's more to two Matt's horn, right? For his guidance. And as he mentioned, he's got the ebook. You guys can look in the show notes and, and download that. Get in touch with Matt. At, I think it's Coach Matt Plummer on Instagram. Is that right, Matt? At Coach Matt Plummer, yes. Yeah, at, at least it is this month. At Coach Matt Plummer with one M. Um, but yeah, it, it's just interesting. And, and a lot of it, um, you know, for me was just the, the profit difference, right? So we were talking the other day, what I was going to say was 186% up in my total income last year or from this year, but I'm 575% up on my net income. So meaning my, my, my margin is a lot bigger now. Five, five, five times, five I mean, times, five, five times. And I mean, how, so here's the most important part. How many more houses have you sold? Same amount of houses. Yeah. Same amount. So that's reminded me, right? Within five, right? Yeah. Within five houses, you 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 five X the amount of money with the same amount of work. Yeah. And that leads me into the last thing I want. That's a perfect segue. And it's talking about how in the day of age we're living in nowadays, how it's important to think about being a realtor, not only making the active income but how can you position yourself to create recurring and leveraged income versus strictly active income? I'm so good. I'm so, you learned. <laughs> I'm learning. So right. You've learned, right? Um, residual and, and leveraged income. Yeah, recurring, recurring and leveraged. leveraged income. Yes. Right? I think we, that, that word passive, oh, it absolutely irks me when someone says passive income. There is nothing passive about passive income. I mean, it's just like I have two reoccurring or I have two leveraged income sources. And trust me, I have to work <laughs> every day at both of them, right, to keep them, to, to keep them going. Um, you know, once we get to, we've got plenty of cash in the bank for the business, right? Three to six months of operating cash. We've got of, of extra operating cash. We've got three to six months of savings for Grandma's rainy day, right? For COVID, for whatever type of shutdown, right? Whatever it is, market crash, whatever it is, right? To keep us, if we have one, two, you know, less sales than we anticipate. We start aiming our money at future dollars, right? And so there's several ways that you can do it. There's several places you can do it. Um, you know, and I think what you said, right? Reoccurring income. And then also leveraged income, right? Leveraged income is what are we going to put it into the market, real estate. Um, I'm big into lending right now on promissory notes. Um, it's, it's a way to actually get instant cash back, right? You can you get those uh, those promissory notes at 7, 10, 12, 15% monthly or quarterly, right? You can get some passive income that way um, without having to go buy a building. Right. Let other people are buying the building. Right. Um, obviously, there's several different types of investing um, things that real estate agents can do between IRAs and SEP IRAs and stuff like that. However, in this day and age, um, what I would look at for real estate agents is how can you take your knowledge of what you are great at doing or a niche and how can you go create a reoccurring income doing it? I did it with coaching around finances, right? Someone else can do and say, hey, I want to go build a course 
on X, Y, or Z and charge, you know, ABC for it, drive some traffic to it, right? And start building a reoccurring income two, three, four, five hours a week, right? And, and so when you start getting some of these principles down of being intentional with your time, being intentional with your money, um, and you find this, now you can create the margin and create the space for adding in. Um, and that's how I started. Hey, I got to start 10 hours for coaching, 25 hours for real estate, 15 hours, 20 hours, 20 hours, 20, uh, 15 hours, right? And it starts taking over to where now I have, I spend about 25 hours in my coaching business and I have two other businesses that I work five hours each. Right. And so, and here's the thing, they're all talking to real estate agents, yep. right? So I'm not getting more side hustles. I think that's somewhere where a lot of agents can get sideways is get caught up in the side hustle, keep going in the same direction, right? So the three main income streams that I have all talk to real estate agents, all going in the same direction, all about building wealth, protecting their money and paying less in taxes, right? So. What is it going to be for you? What niche can you carve out that's going in the same direction that you're already going with your real estate business? Yeah, now, I'm glad you mentioned that because you know there's so many opportunities around and I talked to a, a lot of other realtors about this. I've talked to you about this, Matt. It's just like, as a realtor, because most people listening to this are realtors, um, so many different businesses and, and people's livelihoods and you know the successes of their businesses thrive around the real estate agent in the transaction, right? So really it's the consumer, but once the, the agent has that consumer, now they connect them to all the different pieces. So whether it be home insurance, financial advisors, you know, general contractors, whatever the case is. So there's a lot of ways we as realtors, and it's something I've been thinking about a lot lately, especially as the, and we've been talking about industry disrupt, disruption and, you know, it's here, it's live and it's, it's working behind the scenes and we don't know it. Right. And we, and we're starting to, to slowly find out that it's, it's happening very quickly. So we all need to diversify our income. So my point with this whole long tangent is what are the other potential things or people that you work with that maybe you can partner with, or maybe you can, um, you know, work in some type of, um, you know, recurring income stream because of you supporting them and sending referrals to their business. Um, Matt, I know you've been, you know, kind of working on that thread of things too. So you're, again, you're not going in any different direction. You're just leveraging the people around you and the, and the, and the network that you've been able to build. Yeah. And, and that's, you know, I think it's making sure that you help enough people get what they want, right? You have to add value there. Um, you know, and it's, it's not for this call it's, but it's, Hey, when you know how many people that you need or want to have in your life, that if you just serve them, the income that that all produces will be well well in excess of what you actually need or want to go live the life you want, right? So in the real estate space, where can you and some other high producing agents go start a, a joint venture with a title company or a mortgage company, right? Um, how can some of the business that you send to um, X, Y, and Z, you know, reciprocate that back to and help offset marketing dollars, right? Even though it's not income, it's offsetting expenses, right? So how can you do that in the same lane that you're going to spend less, increase sales, keep sales at a certain level, decrease expenses, and then look at how can I make more money doing the same amount of work, right? Increase sales price, 
increase how much you charge, whatever it is, to start doing other things inside of that so that we're not 40 houses, 50 houses, 70 houses, 100 houses, 200 houses. Yeah, well, no one ever, no one wants to have a great year and go sell 50 houses, and then January 1 comes around and you start over again, right? So that's, it, it needs to be a part of the plan, uh, but it, it shouldn't be the whole plan. And I think, you know, I'm glad that I've started to come around to this realization, you know, at, you know, early 30s. Um, but I think it's something that everybody should be considering. So that being said, Matt, this has been awesome. We have a few like fi- rapid fire round questions here to kind of wrap up this podcast. And then I want one opportunity to ask a final question after we do so. Um, but let's, let's dive into these. Let's keep it quick, but you know, give us an idea for these three questions. So number one is you, you and I talk about this all the time, but how are you feeding your brain? So like what books, podcasts, what resources are you currently engaged in that you would recommend? Um, one book, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, and Die with Zero. Die with Zero, and The and Ruthless, ruthless elim- Elimination. Okay, and The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. Okay, I haven't read either of those, so thank you for some new suggestions. <laughs> All right, uh, second question. I know you're not from Chicago. You're out in Virginia, soon to be Las Vegas. But uh, what is your favorite thing to do in Chicago? Um, I've been to Chicago a couple of times um, up until this last time when I was there this summer was it's been like zero out. So um, definitely the river walk um, and the food in Chicago is second to none other than second to Las Vegas. Yeah. Well, and you can't not mention golfing with me at some of the best golf courses in the country. So <laughs> that was fun. Well, the, the golf courses in the country were the top golf course in the country. Yes. Golfing with you. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're working on it. Yeah. Yeah. It's all right. We got out a few times this year, but we, we need, we need to practice. Um, all right. Third question. What's one piece of advice you'd give to those starting out in their real estate career or transitioning roles in the industry? Uh, I would know your personal threshold of how much money you need to make every single month. Um, that's number one. And number two is, um, don't be afraid to just ask people to help you because if you're just, if you're brand new, people are going to help you. Yeah. Reach out to your database, ask them for help, ask them for introductions, ask for them for connections, go bold and just ask the question. Because more people want to help you so much more than you think they do, right? They see Jordan Pyle selling 40, 50, 60 houses, doing all this stuff. And the new agents scared to ask Jordan because they think that Jordan's going to look down on you, right? Jordan, I guarantee you, gets more energy by that person, gets more energy from helping the new person than they get throughout the rest of the day. Definitely. I agree. There's, there's almost this, this innate like understanding that you just got to give some of that back. So I love it. Hey, my last question for you, then we'll wrap this up. What is your definition of whether you want to call it financial independence or financial freedom? You know, I think it's, we could do a whole podcast on it. Um, (laughs) Two different numbers. Um, Financial independence is simply you have enough reoccurring income that doesn't require you to be there that funds your life love it 
Love it. Love it. That's what we're all working towards, right? A life worth living. So thank you again to Matt Plummer. If you guys got value from this, be sure to reach out. Um, He has his ebook that you can find the link for that in the description below. Find him on Instagram at coach Matt Plummer with one M. Um, Thank you so much, Matt. You've changed my life. And I think this information is definitely going to, you know, change some others or at least put them on the trajectory for change. So thank you for spending your time with us today. Awesome. Thanks, JP. Appreciate you, brother. All right. Take care. Thanks for spending time with us this week. You can catch up with YPN and what we've got coming up next at chicagorealtor.com.